My name is Nicole Baron, and you're listening to The Woo Woo Report, a weekly podcast where we celebrate the woo woo lifestyle and dig deeper to get our mystical questions answered. Hey everyone, we are here today with Liz Randall. She is a healer and she owns a business called Spirit Path Healing and I have been lucky enough to work with her and she is my healer and we did part of her, well, you're, it's a one-on-one, it's a retreat, but it's, it's one-on-one stuff, not like a group retreat. And I'm so excited that you're here because I've talked about you to my audience and friends, and I'm so excited to get to listen to you and all of your wisdom and hear more about your gifts and just how you change people's lives. You changed my life, obviously, <laughs> in so <laughs> great ways. So to start off, uh, what is... Well, first, I want to thank you, Nicole. Can I jump in for a sec? Yeah, of course. I just want to thank you for having me on and for all your wise words and just to remind you that it's not my wisdom, but it's the wisdom of spirit that's coming through that changes people's lives. Yes, that's, that's true. Because we're, yeah, at our, at our best, it's not our egos that are running the show. It's our, um, it's our higher self. Mm. Just had to throw that in. Mm -hmm. So what is your sun sign? I'm a Scorpio, the sign of birth and death and rebirth and sex and all those good things. And um, I (laughs) am a Libra rising, which, you know, all three of those signs are pretty important. So Libra is about balance and fairness and justice and all those things. And I'm a Sag, Moon, and Mercury conjunct. And Sagittarians, as you may know, are all about the truth, the higher, the bigger spiritual picture of what's going on. So there you go. It's a long answer. No, I love it. I'm so glad because not everyone, like I know everyone knows their sun sign, but not everyone knows the full shebang of the rest of their, their planets. I remember when I came to you and I was like, I have a lot of Leo in me and (laughs) I'm writing, writing out all this stuff. And then a lot of it, you know, in the houses and all of that. So I love all of that. Um, yeah, we know you're a Leo because you are such a star and you love <laughs> to people and get out there in the public eye. And a lot of introverts don't really do that, but you know, you are, that's one of your strengths and you're good at it. Thank you. And that's very Leo. It is very Leo. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite crystal? Well, I was just thinking about that this morning, and I have always worn rose quartz, and I love rose quartz because it's all about self-love and self-worth and just expanding the love chakra, the heart chakra, and um, rose quartz is so good for women, I think, because we aren't always as good at loving ourselves as we are at loving other people, taking care of other people, but the rose quartz reminds me to love myself love the world from that place of loving myself. But as I mentioned to you, I'm also very interested in Labradorite lately. I'm wearing some Labradorite that a friend gave me. And Labradorite seems to be about opening and expanding consciousness and awareness and connecting with new consciousness from outside, from the higher realms. So I'm, I'm big on Labradorite these days. It's really pretty too. It is so pretty. It could just <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous stone when it catches like the light and stuff. I love it. To go into what you do, how would you describe your profession? Well, um, my profession is kind of a new form of shamanic work, essentially. And by shamanic, I mean body, mind, spirit work that is done in the trance state. And that means that you are accessing other realms. You're accessing your own inner knowledge that you may not be aware of. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's transformational work. It tunes people into their, the divine in themselves. Yes, that I was rereading the journal from our work together. And I will say that was what, I 
I guess I would explain it as like what I talked to you about when I was in that trance was just mind blowing. It, it's just, <laughs> that, you know, things that brought up where I'm not like, oh, I've had like dreams that, or I felt a connection to this. It just literally were parts. I was like, I don't even know what I talked where about. Where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did this come from? I don't know any of this stuff or I don't like, this is not familiar information to me. And that was that was just amazing. It's, it's so amazing to tap into so you Yeah, you're bringing up a really good point, which is that we're walking through the world in this waking consciousness, and we think we know what's going on, and we think we have a good handle on what's happening, and maybe we know that we have a certain amount of stuff stuffed in our subconscious, but until we get on the table and start listening to our higher selves, there's a big download that wants to come through. When the higher self gets your attention, man, it just has a lot to say, and it can be from our childhood, it can be from other lifetimes, it can be from even intergenerational patterns that come from, you know, our, our genetic line or other experiences that we've had when we were Native American, when we were Jewish in the Holocaust, when we were going through lots of different things, you know, Egyptians building the pyramids. I mean, I can't, black slaves in the South, there's, people have so many other rich inner worlds that are carried in our DNA that we have no clue about. And that's the kind of stuff that is informing us, our experience on a day-to-day level, but we don't even know it. And when we can bring it to consciousness, then a lot of things that didn't make sense before make sense. And we can start to understand that there is no randomness in the universe, that there's always a reason for why we do the things we do and attract the things we attract. Things may seem like they're coming out of the blue, but there's always a reason. It's not a random universe. Yeah. There's Does that some, make sense? Yeah. I guess I would say coincidences either, even though right. you know, a lot of people want to debunk that in some form. I, uh, I, it's amazing. I've embraced coincidence so much now, and it's just so freeing when you do that. When you start to see that that coincidence happens because uh, there is a divine energy, there's an energy outside of us that's trying to get through, that's trying to recreate balance in our world. Coincidence happens when, like, we're thinking about a certain thing and the book falls off the shelf in front of us that has the answer to what we're wondering about. You know, there's we have a lot of allies out there is what I'm trying to say. We have a lot of allies in the spirit world that are really trying to come through. And if we can open up to it, it's amazing what we can do. A lot of this has to do with getting past our own limitations and what we think we can do and what our entire lives, our, our socialization has told us that we can do. And it's all very limiting. And the essence of shamanism is really to shift perspective. So it takes out of that limited place and shows us a bigger perspective of what's going on. And that's the perspective from which you can see that there's no coincidence, there's no accidents, and everything is tied together. But yeah. we, don't, we don't access that place normally from our, our everyday world. It takes it's the dream times what the Aborigines call it. I mean, the Native Americans have a different uh, way of talking about it. Lots of different cultures have different ways of talking about it, but we're talking about a very special kind of consciousness that we can tap into, and we do that on the table. We all are carrying it, and we all have a reason for being here on the planet at this time that we can tap into when we can tap into that consciousness. When did you, so when you got into this, did, I guess, when did you know that this was your life purpose and that you had the gift to help people in this way? Oh my gosh, it was such a healing journey that Shamanic people talk about the wounded healer, and that was definitely me, and that's a lot of us, because I spent, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't have the worst childhood, but I didn't have a wonderful childhood. I spent a lot of time trying to sort it out and in therapy, traditional therapy and all those things, and I was working in film and having what a lot of people thought was a very glamorous career and figuring I would probably, you know, continue and become an editor and all that stuff but I wasn't really happy and I was let's say I was indulging too much in a number of substances and and I had 
I had things that were not making me happy in my life. My relationships were not uh, exactly what I wanted and were not lasting and were not, let's just say they weren't exactly what I wanted. So I was led to a number of different things. It was a, it was a journey. I'll just put it that way. Do you want the details? I, I mean, if you want to share them. <laughs> sure. I'll share them. Um, so, yeah. So I was uh, in Hollywood working, and I was led to something called rebirthing breathwork. And I did that, and I learned how to do it, and it was amazing. And it pointed me towards metaphysics, which is the idea that your thoughts are creating your reality, which was pretty revolutionary to me at the time. And that was in the uh, mid-80s, I guess, early 80s, maybe. And I had a teacher at that time called Terry Cole Whitaker, who some of you may have heard of, and she was just a very dynamic and uh, beautiful being and taught me a lot. And then I went to a a family reunion in New Mexico, and I found a place called the Light Institute that was doing this work called the Windows to the Sky, which is clearing the emotional body, so clearing trauma, basically, from the cellular level. And I was really interested, but I couldn't afford it at the time, and I was I put it on my list in the back of my mind of things I wanted to do when I could afford it. And then within a couple of years, I was able to go down there and do that work. It was, again, an individualized retreat, which was about uh, eight hours in a week's time. And it was, it changed my life. And I knew that I wanted to do it. And I, I wanted to learn how it was done. And I, um, so it was kind of a natural progression as I learned things that helped change my life and heal me. I thought, wow, other people would really benefit from this. And I just started picking up these techniques along the way. So yeah, the acupressure and the breath work. And then later I studied craniosacral in Costa Rica. It's a wonderful man from California, Dan. I also studied with Power Path, who do more traditional work in New Mexico, but I don't do traditional shamanic work. It's uh, the main shamanic element in what I do is working in the trance state and helping people to tap into their own cellular memory so that they can see it and experience it and resolve these experiences from past lives and early childhood and before they were here, whenever. Because that's what's important is being fully present in the now so that you have all your power and all your wisdom and your connection to the divine so that you can stay on track and not get distracted by all the millions of distractions that we have around us. Mm-hmm. There's no real reason to explore past lives unless they're affecting you right now, but they're affecting many of us much more than we know. I guess just when we tapped into mine, they were not what I expected <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> and the, the truth, because I just remember, you know, my, my mind wanted to be like, this is too bizarre and out there and unrealistic in so many ways. But I was just (laughs) sobbing so much during these times when you would ask me, you know, is this person you? And it it was just, it was so freeing to hold that power and say, yep, that was me. Yes, that was, that was, I'm that person. This is me. This is, you know, and embrace that. And it's just so, it's so interesting because past lives are something that I feel a lot of people that I've talked to are so interested to know about themselves. but it's like you said, like, it's kind of like past lives in this, like it's deeper than I think what people think it is. Like there's more to it than just like, Oh, this is why I like this music sort of thing. You know, like, I think people are like, mm-hmm. Oh, do I like this culture because I identify with it because of a past life or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's just, that may spark the idea. I think it's a really gentle way to spark the idea in our head that we need to tap into that part of ourselves, but it's just mm-hmm. so, it's so much more expansive than that. And it's just so beneficial to reach that place and tap into those things. And Well, you're, you're bringing up a really important point, Nicole, which is that it's, we live our lives often on a really superficial level and we're, <laughs> we tap into something here. We're like hummingbirds. <laughs> I mean, and I love hummingbirds, but we're like over here and then we're over here and then we're over here. And it's very challenging for us to really 
take the time to sink into the totality of who we are and what we're doing here on the planet at this time, which this is a very pivotal time on the planet. This is not, we're not just fooling around here. Um, we all, I believe, chose to be here at this time because we have things to do. And you look around and you can see the earth needs help, right? And each one of us has a role to play. But a lot of us are wandering around going, well, you know, I just want to get my house and my kids in school. And, you know, we're all very absorbed in our personal lives, but there's a big piece of us that needs to be um, tapped into that is actually the source of so much of our happiness and our meaning. If we can actually tap into it, it brings so much energy and liveliness and happiness and peace of mind and all the things that we are running around looking for that we actually can find inside ourselves. I mean, and these are a lot of the things that people do plant medicine for to find that peak experience. In my experience, plant medicine can be great for some people, but it's not necessary. You and I hold inside of us all that we need to know, all the answers that we want to get. If we know how to ask the questions, we can get to those answers. If we want that feeling of meaning and inspiration, and we know how to go inside and ask for it, we can do that. And we have allies, allies in the spirit world and allies in this world. And we have a lot more love available to us than we even know. And when we can start to tap into that love, that feeling of love and connectedness, that web of life, it is so empowering and it gives us so much strength. Ah, that's better than, you know, a billion dollars <laughs> in my world. <laughs> it is, I mean, I think that it is interesting because I remember after, I mean, I still, I'll always love fashion in some capacity. Like I just love the expressionism of it, but. Fashion is fun. Don't, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. putting down fashion or, you know, oh, the, the no. visual life. I love all that stuff. I'm just saying after I, after I worked with you, a lot of ways in the past that I would like treat myself or like, you know, reward myself or try to make myself feel better would be to buy a new piece of clothing or a new pair of shoes or something like that, because it made me feel better on this exterior forefront or was a good distraction for me. And after working with you, I, I mean, I would still buy something, but it was more intentional. Like, okay, I'm going to buy these shoes because I need I walk around all day and these are actually comfortable. It's like, oh, those are pretty and I'll wear them for this one special occasion. Like I wasn't feeling like filling as many voids with superficial things and just stuff and consuming just stuff. Cause I was so just happy and satisfied more on a spiritual level, realizing that I have what I need. Like I do have what I need and you know, I should just be thankful that I can buy groceries every week and feed myself <laughs> that way. And, I don't need, my happiness is not on this dress. It may be gorgeous, but it's not associated to this particular kind of consumer thing. And it's just so, I guess, freeing to get to that point and just be able to rely on myself more for happiness as opposed to physical things that other people create. This is so important what you're talking about right now. I mean, we talk a lot about forgiveness and gratitude, and, and these are really wonderful things to explore. But the most important thing, I think, is to really recognize how much we've been distracted from our life purpose. And I'm talking about women in particular. We've been really distracted by looking good. I mean, and I'm not beyond all this, believe me. But by looking good, buying the clothes, having the vacations, it's a lot of outer stuff that we got all distracted with. And it's, we have just been really taken off track by, by buying and all that, all that stuff, all that consumerism. And it's, it has not served us when we make it the meaning of our lives. And it's, it's not like it's not still fun mm -hmm. to do, but it can't be the point of our lives. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Because if we make it the point, then we know instinctively that something's really missing mm -hmm. and it, it takes away from our happiness. Mm -hmm. 
we can't be fully happy if we aren't really exploring and living from our own spiritual truth. It's it's such a source of strength, and I it's it's challenging to use words to describe these experiences. <laughs> but, but I love what you said about owning your past life and how and the emotions that came through when you did that, you know, and things that you would never have come up with in a million years, how they came through and it made a difference for you and it shifted your consciousness and it helped you move more into your power. That's the, that's the essence of the work is to move into our power and our authenticity and really be who we really are and the relationships and the love that flow from that place of authenticity. There's nothing like that. It's just the best. I think. Would you agree? Yes. And it's, I mean, I feel like this would be a whole other episode with you, but we were talking about earlier before we started the interview about self-love and self-care. And I also think authenticity is there too. There's yes. this sort of bubblegum branding with those words. And I also think manifestation is one of them as well in abundance. There's a lot of like commercialized bubblegum pop ways of that it's been sold out there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's interesting how just, uh, I guess like when you, the authenticity part of it, it's more than just your authentic self, I think is more than just, I think we're, we have the idea of authenticity. The main goal is to have other people see your authenticity, but that the main goal like I feel like it's sold that way like when you're you're often your authentic self like the sole purpose of that is so that people can see you you know what I mean it's about other people as opposed to yourself Um, (laughs) you are really getting to some important stuff here (laughs) which is like the difference between living your life for yourself and living your life for other people you know and I'm not talking about being self well I am in a way I'm talking about radical self-love you know when you love yourself enough to own who you are be who you are feel your feelings and really not give a crap about what everybody else thinks about it that's real freedom and power when authenticity is sold as like do other people see me as authentic that is the essence of the Madison Avenue mentality and it's so perfect that you brought that up it's like it's like we, we forget that our core, who we really are, is what's important and owning ourselves and being ourselves and really loving what we love and really saying no to what we say no to. Just being in our integrity, being in our authentic self, that's what's important. And yeah, it's like the business, the, the, the selling of authenticity, the selling of you know, forgiveness and this and that and the other thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many email lists I'm on and how many emails I'm getting every day about all these topics, but everybody's trying to sell their workshops and stuff. It's like, are people really getting into their authenticity or they, I don't want to put down other people's ways of doing it, but it's really important to center on ourselves it's really important to be 100% who we are and to start to let go of how do other people see me? Are other people seeing me as authentic? Are other people seeing me as this? <laughs> it's, that is codependency, right? When I don't, it doesn't matter who I really am. It matters what other people think and see and the image that I'm putting across. Well, and I've done like some of those courses in the past before working with you and, you know, I love helping people as well, but I don't like, I get frustrated when they're like, this is the course and it's just like delivered to you. And it's like, it's, that's never going to work. Like there may be bits and pieces that people can use from things like that, but everyone's so unique and different that I just feel like if you're going to be working with people, it should like what you do, it should be one-on-one stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, everyone is just so different and unique and has unique purposes and unique souls and all those things that to just bundle it up in a little package and be like, you get one and you get one. And it's like carbon copied a bunch of times. It's not realistic. Well, I think you're bringing up again, a really important point, which is that every person is so individual. Like people ask me what happens on the table. And I say, it's so 
completely different for each person. Every person has their own history, the history of their soul, if you will. Their spirit has been through many lifetimes and been learning a number of lessons and has all these stories to tell, but they're completely different for each person. And to try to do a one-size-fits-all spirituality, to me, it does miss the point. And that's why I do like, I have a bias because I've been doing this for 30 plus years of working with people on a really individual level, really going deep with that person and what's going on. Because, and the people that come to me, you know, sometimes they're people that have got illnesses that the doctors can't figure out and they, you know, are tired of being bounced around from hospital to doctor and, and uh, nobody really knowing what's going on. Or there are people that have been seekers on the path for a long time and they have hit a, a stuck place and they want to get through it. Or there are people who are, have been very successful in many areas of their lives and they're beautiful and they're perfectly dressed and they have the relationship and they have the kids and everything else, but they're not happy and they know something's missing and they want to get to the real essence of life. I mean, there are people who come for lots and lots of different reasons, but what they have in common is they have usually tried everything that our culture has to offer and found it wanting and they're ready to go deeper. So I'm so excited about all the young people that are coming to me lately because it's like they don't have to wait 40 years and uh, put all their energy into things that ultimately turn out to be unsatisfying. They can just come at, you know, 30 or 33 or whatever. And that's, that's a lot of who's coming to me lately. People who are like getting it and because your generation's pretty sharp and uh, you can pick up when something's phony and when it's real. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone needs to cut to the chase now. We all know we need to cut to the chase and and make the changes in the world and that we have roles to play and we have things to do and we're going to need some help from not necessarily beings in the body. Sometimes there is assistance from the spirit world and, you know, once you start getting into this work, you start feeling much more connected to animals and nature. Mm-hmm. And that inspiration can come from animals and nature or from your spirit guides. So there's a lot more help available to us than we really know. But until we start tapping into that world, we're blind to it. So we have to take the first step of like opening up and asking for help and asking what to do and starting to listen. Learning to listen is one of the biggest things because the ego thinks it has all the answers. Right, we're like so sharp, and uh, <laughs> so when we stop listening to the ego and start listening to a deeper part of ourselves, then we can really start to make some changes that matter. I know that you said because you know I want to talk about what working with you is like, but like you said, it is so individual and different. But I remember when I reached out to you, what I guess what I thought we were going to really tap into when we worked together ended up being something completely different, which wasn't <laughs> a bad thing at all, but it was interesting to see what really needed to come forward wasn't what I thought. Wasn't what you had in mind. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't what I had in mind. And there was some relief there, I think, with that, but it also was, it was just so interesting, like you said, like, because it is you know, I know it is so unique, every individual, but what is, I guess, what I would say, like the outline of what someone can expect when they work with you, like what it requires from them and, you know, how long it takes, you know, um, like how what's that- the structure? Yeah. What's the structure? The loose structure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get a little structure in here. Basically, I send people a pretty in-depth questionnaire and they bring it in on their first session. I do three sessions, three days in a row, three hours a day. So that's nine hours in the first three days. And then there's an after session of one hour every day. The first day we go over the questionnaire and we start to identify some of the patterns that are going on because there's always patterns happening because there's always lessons that are trying to come through that we're blocking in some way. So we start to identify the patterns, the dead ends that people are hitting, the places, the places where um, things are just not the way someone wants them to be in their life. And then we get on the table, the person gets on the table, and I start 
uh, I do the acupressure, the breath work, and the craniosacral. Again, it's not traditional shamanism, so I'm not beating drums and shaking rattles, although I have plenty of friends who are doing that, and that's uh, great work as well. But I do the acupressure, the craniosacral, and the breath work, and the combination puts someone into a state, the trance state, we call it, where you can access other dimensions and your higher self and your spirit guides and your animal guides. And it's just a whole other world that starts to come through. And now you're lying on the massage table and you feel totally normal, but I start asking questions and you start answering from the place, from the first thought that comes to mind, we're starting to retrain the mind to listen to itself and listen to its own inner wisdom. And what comes through, I can never predict. But it's always what the higher self thinks is most important in terms of your issues at this time. And that's what's exciting about it because it could be anything, you know. It's really, it's unpredictable, but it's usually always, it's often trauma related. If there are traumas that happened when you were younger or in another lifetime, especially that I'm talking about the intergenerational pattern stuff. Trauma. Um, tends to be frozen in the cells, and when we do the breath work, it brings it up, and not in a scary way, because you're in a more spiritual place, so you can see it like you're watching a movie, you can feel some of the feelings, but mainly you get the wisdom that you didn't get when you went through it the first time. You get the perspective, the higher perspective, and that lights up the wisdom, and that helps to resolve it and to release it, so you don't have to keep running this stuff in the background. It's like an a operating system in your background that, that, that is of your computer that is just uh, warping things, and you don't even know what it is, but it's running unconsciously. So we bring that stuff from the unconscious mind into the conscious mind and look at it, get the lessons, and release it, and get rid of the demons, you know, get rid of the dark stuff. Because there's always, there's always wisdom there. There's always something that you need to look at. There's always a benefit. There's always something good that can come out of that stuff. But we spend so much time running from it that we don't ever have a chance to really examine it. And it's good to examine it with someone who knows how to walk through that, yeah. those places with you. Mm -hmm. and it's not something you necessarily want to be examining alone. I remember the... So I worked with you the first day, that was a Friday. And I remember that Saturday, oh, that was, that was like such the, I don't know how, to, it was just like a deal where you're like, you're going to, you know, once you go through this, you're just going to feel so good. And just, it was such like, even just after the first day, I just remember there was such a peaceful sort of calming feeling of knowing that the cycles were starting to break and that things were expanding and things are where they should be. It was just such a great feeling. And, you know, I went to Phoenix Rising and, you know, I also got some crystals and I met some other really cool people there, but it was just so, I don't know. It was just like, I feel like the day after the first, our first session working together was just like the most intoxicating everything is aligned perfectly right now sensation I had ever experienced in my life <laughs> yes 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 you've encapsulated it perfectly it's like tapping into that magic world that you always knew existed you know and you can tap into that magic in yourself and live from that place it's like wherever you go it's holy ground you know you have great conversations with people you go where you need to go. It's, it feels so turned on. It's like, it's like the best of drugs. What can I say? Yeah, it is. It really is. It's just, it's so, I mean, yeah, intoxicating is just the best way I would explain it. It's just like, wow. I intoxicating is absolutely right. But it's just, you see things in a different way, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Next. I remember that day too. It was, we grabbed, cause I was meeting up with you later for my second day we grabbed coffee beforehand and there was a little farmer's market there and it was raining though. It wasn't like this beautiful <laughs> sunshiny day. It was a little drizzly and raining and overcast because you live in Port Townsend. And so I, you know, 
you went it's I funny now. <laughs> even though you do do remote work, I, you know, we said it was important for me to come and hands on do it. I mean, but the world just seemed the most bright it had ever been and the most beautiful it had ever been, even though it was by standard idea. A rainy like, day. Oh, day. It was like a rainy kind of overcast <laughs> day, but I was like, this is the best day ever. Oh my God. I know because your sunshine <laughs> was lit up inside, right? Yeah. yeah, it was, it was so great. It was, it's just funny to like think about and reflect on now because, you know, I, I was just like so content and at peace and I just felt like I had like this little like smile on my face all day and I'm sure everyone's like wow what is that lady on give me some of that <laughs> so, and not like happy in this like fake like I have to be happy like I just felt like I was genuinely just so excited about life that I was like oh my gosh and I'm sure everyone I'm sure not everyone because that town is amazing I feel like people are used to meeting you know people that are going through that journey there but you know, in some sense, I could see some other people that were visiting and didn't live there looking at me like, wow, she's just, I don't know what she's so happy about right now. It's like raining. <laughs> okay, well, um. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Yeah, because it is like you're lit up from the inside. It is an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. And when we can start to resolve those issues, that happiness just shines forth from us. And also, the higher self has so much love for us when we can really receive that love. A lot of us didn't really receive. I mean, no one that I know really got unconditional, total love and acceptance when they were growing up. And this is that peace that comes through from spirit. And they just love us so much, you know, they love us so much and want to help us so much. And it's, it's a thrilling thing to open up to that. It's, it really kind of blows your mind and your whole paradigm. Yeah, for sure. So when you work with, I mean, we tapped on this a little bit, I feel like here and there, but I would love to know what, why is this healing process just so important for us to go through? Well, I think that we talked about into it a bit, as you said before, it's like, well, there's, there's the time on the planet, first of all, it's a really important time on the planet for us to be in touch with our power and our strength and our creativity and really own our ability to change things. And this is for young people too, because I think we're, you know, we're, you all are weighed down by college loans and the job market and a lot of, you know, exterior stuff that just feels like, ugh, you know, and when we can tap into our unlimited power beyond all these, you know, limited circumstances that we find ourselves in, we can bust those chains and move into real freedom. And there's nothing more exciting and more exhilarating than that. That's for, for the planet and for ourselves individually. Because we're taking our minds out of that socialized place of like, you know, life sucks, basically. We're taking our minds out of that place and opening up to unlimited possibilities. And we can talk about this all we want, but to actually feel it is to really feel the transformation. And that's what I love about my work, is seeing people go through that and morph into these happier, excited, turned on human beings who I know are going to make a difference in the life of the world because this work also ripples out to everybody we know. Mm -hmm. But mainly it just puts us in our power so that we can come up with better ideas for ourselves and for the planet in general. I think we're all thinking right now about how can we help the planet. That's true. Because yeah, it's crucial, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's now or never. Unfortunately, it really got to this point, so... Mm -hmm. We ignored it as long as we could, right? <laughs> no more ignoring it. Yes. And that's the voice of the divine feminine coming through. You know, we talked a little bit about the feminine, the goddess and witches and everything. I think people are really feeling like wanting to see the divine feminine, wanting to see, see some kind of positive God-like force. I use the word advisedly, but we want to see something from the divine that is a positive moving us towards a more compassionate world where people's needs are getting met. I think that's a big feeling for a lot of us. It's like, 
a revulsion at the unfairness of the way things are and the way the earth has been treated and we need something completely different and that's where I think the feminine divine and and women getting in touch with their witchy selves and their wise women selves and looking at the goddess and all those things are coming through because people are really wanting a more powerful feminine archetype that's loving and compassionate but also powerful and can get angry at injustice and can be single focused on making things better Mm -hmm. for everybody. Did I answer your question? I feel like I wandered a little bit there. No, you totally answered my question. Um, Yay. I do want to get into, I did have some questions from my audience specifically that I would love to get your insight on. What, as a healer, how do you protect your energy? Oh, I have a few techniques. You may remember the apple cider vinegar bath. I use Mm -hmm. that myself. Okay. Baths with a cup of apple cider vinegar after client sessions. But I also, I call in my pantheon of of healers and and my allies, my committee, if you will. All my spiritual teachers, I have a a number of them. I call them in and I particularly ask St. Germain to surround me with the violet flame in all directions for protection so that I don't suck up too much of that energy. Mm. Because the higher self processes it pretty well, but um, you know, it's, it's a big energy and we're releasing it. So I have to do a lot of cleansing and I also smudge, as you noticed, mm-hmm. I'm a big burner of smudge, sage and cedar. And uh, those are the main things. I burn some candles, but yeah, I just try to keep the energy in the room full of love and positivity and protection, which is not to say that we don't get to deal with a lot of dark stuff, but we move it out. Wow. Not to scare everybody to death. <laughs> No, I mean, I, the, I don't, I don't think I've, I mean, like you said, you're in such a trance state when you're on the table working with you. I don't remember feeling fear in the sense of fear of being there with you, just sort of, I think, moving through fear I had felt in my past lives and, you know, the sadness and the repression and that sort of thing. But I don't, it's like not a fearful, a fearful fear thing of experience yeah like it's not scary in any i mean i you know, no it's not scary yeah like you know people may be scared going in there you know because they don't know what to expect i wasn't i guess i wasn't scared or i don't remember being scared <laughs> but, a lot of people are scared on the way in but mm-hmm. i think i'm a pretty powerful ally and we we laugh a lot on the way in so that helps <laughs> i still remember we laugh all the way through too <laughs> i i still remember when you know you're like okay you need to cut your caffeine intake you were asking me how much caffeine I have a day I was like I have like a cup of coffee in the morning I was like why do you, you know because I was I felt like I was pretty like tell me what I need to do beforehand um and I was like do I need to stop drinking coffee I, I can stop and you're like listen we're not trying to be heroes here you can have your coffee. <laughs> and I was like I was like I love that you said that it just was I thought it was so funny and I was like okay like I'll just you know like did because and I still have my cup of coffee a day, but yeah, I wasn't. Uh, right. Uh, and that brings up one other thing, which is that the work, you do have to be off marijuana for at least a week or two. And it doesn't work in conjunction with antidepressants. So if that's ever an issue, we have to talk about that one with your yeah. psych provider. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are certain things that the work can't get through. But, mm-hmm. but if you're in a relatively natched state, it works great. And I... And have fun you know, I got off it the proper way. I think, I mean, not luckily, but I guess in some ways, luckily I was on a pretty low dosage of uh, medication for. Right. But we, we talked about, um, talked about it, and I went, it with your provider. We yeah. always, I never recommend that anybody get off antidepressants without titrating down with mm-hmm. their provider's knowledge and insight yeah. and assistance. So we, we don't uh, take that lightly. And I will say I was so scared to get off of that medication, but I realized I'm so glad I'm off of it now. <laughs> I realized it was because of what it does. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll just tell my audience. I was on um, Adderall and I was on a pretty, uh, I mean, what I guess compared to what I know some other people are on, I was on a pretty low dosage, but I realized that it was causing a lot of panic 
like panic attack triggers for me and a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. for me, even though it made me feel really energized and efficient. It wasn't like, it was really interesting once I was off of it. I mean, it was hard, you know, cause your body adjusts, but once I was off of it and I felt like my energy felt stabilized and my focus didn't, I thought I was going to not be able to focus on things as much. And I realized that before I was so over energized that like, I couldn't keep thoughts clear at all. Like I wasn't focused before, like I could get Mm -hmm. done rapidly, but I wasn't actually focused. I was just rapidly Mm -hmm. doing things. And now I'm like, I don't like, I could never go back on that. Like I just, (laughs) I was like, so glad you're aware of that. Cause I, I probably told you that I come from a medical and scientific and academic background, my family Mm -hmm. and the doctors in my family always said, never take psych meds. (laughs) They said, it's a trap. And so I have kind of, that is the trajectory that my life has followed too. I, I, um, the only times I've ever taken anything, it was, it was not a good thing for me. And so I, it's not something I've recommended, but I know that a lot of people feel that they can't function without it. So, um, that's obviously an individual judgment call and people do what they can do. But, um, yeah, this work can be extremely liberating, but we can't work through antidepressants, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I was able to get off it correctly. And me too. Yes. I was glad you were really conscientious about it. And yeah, because we have to talk to doctors when we, when we do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, enough about antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else did you want to get through? What else did you want me to ask? So I have two more questions from my audience and then, you know, a couple more questions about where we can find you. And then my ghost question, okay. but a question someone had was how does someone overcome the feeling of shame? Ah, that's a good one. Well, shame, uh, is something that usually comes in, in early childhood and early childhood is when the ego is formed too. And it has a lot to do with trauma coming into our circumstances in some form and feeling like we aren't taken care of. And the spiritual path that I have been connected with, shame is part of the ego and part of that feeling of separation from God or the divine. So it's usually when someone makes you feel, quote, makes you feel that you are less than or not good enough. And that is a prevailing feeling in our society, by the way. And I think it's one that um, (laughs) the same forces that monetize a lot of other things monetize shame because they they want you to think that you can get past your shame if you just get this house or mm-hmm. get this, you know, have this vacation or have this spouse or, you know, buy the package or whatever. But shame is one of those things that is really like addiction, like lots of other um, emanations of our dysfunction in the society. Shame is one of those things that when you connect with your higher self, you can transcend because it's a, it's just a kind of a circling round and round of negative thoughts about ourselves. We have to use, tap into the higher self in order to raise our, our frequency and transcend that stuff because shame is shame. Like guilt is not a real thing. It's something that we use to beat ourselves up. And that's what our society is very good at teaching us how to beat ourselves up. Yeah, I was just. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's funny that you bring this up. I I always like to write like blurbs of things I want to share on social media, just like thoughts after like my meditations or just having you know being outside and stuff. And I was just having a thought about um, like self sabotaging behavior and how Mm -hmm. it's really it's really just a cry from. I feel like it's a cry from our soul that we need to. Our soul wants love and kindness. It doesn't want to really destroy ourselves and the that behavior is created or wanting to do self like sabotaging things like you know think negative thoughts or over you know abuse alcohol or substances is is created by society and outside forces of ours of people around us um i, well, I think that we're trained if i can just jump in i think yeah. we're trained to deal with those 
unbearable feelings of shame or guilt or, you know, fear or whatever it is, all those low-level things. We're trained to either go out and buy a new dress Mm -hmm. or go have some wine or, you know, smoke some pot or whatever. You know, we're trained to use outside agents to deal with our misery and our Mm -hmm. despair, which are coming up as a result of usually our conditioning and the way we've been taught to think about ourselves. And we also have this whole thing going on about whipping ourselves, a lot of us, Mm -hmm. about like, if I could just try harder, if I could just, you know, work harder, be more directed, be more smarter, be this, be that, be different than I am, I would, I would have a better life, you know, and we just whip ourselves all the time, like we're not good enough. And after a certain point, it's diminishing returns, you know, we're not going to respond to that forever. And a lot of us are just like done with it. And we don't know how to achieve what we want in our lives from a good place, from a place of loving ourselves. And that's the the piece that needs to be, that's the road that needs to be lined up ahead of us. Yeah. It's the feeling of we need to be more or we need more when we are absolutely enough. We're exactly. Exactly. That's my favorite affirmation. I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. Yeah. (laughs) I am enough. You know, I love myself exactly the way I am. Mm -hmm. And if we can just focus on that self-love, we can start to do the things that we're meant to be doing. And it's not about acquiring more stuff or, you know, getting rid of that fat on our thighs or whatever. It's It's about really being who we are and doing what we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime. That's what's giving us, that's what's going to give us the satisfaction that we're looking for. The last question for my audience was, and I, I mean, I know this, I believe from working with you, but how often would someone need to see a healer or if someone worked with you, you know, for those three days, like the follow-up, after that? Like how often do you think someone needs to do the work or would you say? Well, when we tap into our higher selves and we can start to really listen to our intuition and then we know the answer to that, sometimes things will come up. I mean, different therapists work differently. Obviously there are therapists that are working with people every day. This is a a different form of work. And so after those 10 hours in a week's time, sometimes I'll see people in six months or a year, I've seen people in five years or 10 years, they come to me when they need to see me again, but it's not a regular thing. But sometimes, often I stay in touch with my people and they stay, and we stay close. And when things come up, you know, sometimes I'll say, well, that seems like something we could do a session on. Or they'll say, I think I need a session on this. So it's, it's very individual and it's very much like um, if there's still unfinished business coming up. I mean, sometimes if people have really deep experiences of abuse, <clears throat> we'll go through the 10 hours, the three days, and uh, we might do them again in a week or two or even sometimes back to back. When I did this work in New Mexico, I did two groups of, they did it in four sessions. I did two groups back to back because I had that much stuff to release. And I felt like a completely different person at the end of that. <laughs> it was the biggest psychic clear out I've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very individual and it's very much dependent on what your own intuition is telling you. When you, if you feel blocked again, if you feel like stuff's coming up and you don't know how to handle it, that's the time to call and say, hey, we should do a session or two. I think, didn't I do like a follow-up phone session with you like a week later? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. Like Like I said, I did eight sessions back to back. So (laughs) it takes Uh, what it takes. True, it does. So sometimes, you know, if I have big sexual abuse um, clients or whatever, I have people who've got serious stuff. Sometimes I'll send them on to another therapist or another program or Sometimes I have people who have big physical stuff. I'll be part of a healing team with a naturopath or someone. And, you know, there may be things that need to be done on the physical or on the ongoing therapy level that, um, that other people I can refer out to. So you're actually going to be in Portland on the 15th. And this is... I am. I'm excited. I'm going to be at New Renaissance, one of my favorite places at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'll be talking about all of this. So if people are interested, they should check out the website, spiritpath-healing.com. 
I'm also on Facebook under Spirit Path Transformational Healing. And I think it's the same on Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, they should check out the website, the spiritpathhealing.com website, and um, see if they have questions and bring them with. I'm really excited. I'm going to be there. And um, I've told you know all my friends and then everyone I know to come to meet you. Yay! experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I encourage, I encourage people who are new too to spirituality who haven't even put their foot in the water. It works for people who haven't put their foot in the water yet. And it works for people who've been seekers for 30 years. So, you know, and I get people from both those groups and everybody in between. So if it piques your interest or some little part of you says, hmm, then by all means, come on by and hang out with us for an hour or two. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and you're on Instagram, like you said now, which I'm really excited about because uh, that's my. I, I need a course from you. I don't know I, what I'm doing yet. I'm, yeah, totally, <laughs> I'm totally going to help you out. It's, I mean, there's always it's changing all the time too, so there's always like new things going on with it. But I think it's such a a cool, at least for me, it's been a really cool and unique way to connect with other like-minded people and just. I think it's a really cool platform. Like, I think it's been getting a really bad rep, but I think there's so much good that can come from it because of the amount of people it can reach and in their own comfort in a way, um, and accessibility. Yes, I am super excited about it. And I'm yeah. super excited about learning from you because you actually know what you're doing with that, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I'm so I want to learn from one of the experts. <laughs> but yeah, it'll, you know, I, I shared your account on there once before, but I'll do it again when this goes, um, when this episode goes up. Um, so we all now link your websites and all that in the show notes for this. So everyone can find you and you do do, I want to mention, I met you, I went to, and did one-on-one -on -one in person healing with you, but you do offer remote work as well. Correct? I do. Yes. I do some um, life coaching and hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff remotely and sometimes I will do the three-day sessions remotely if it's appropriate for the person. Okay. Okay. So that's good for, I know people to know if they can't make it out to you. Yes. And I sometimes travel too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Depending. I mean, sometimes I come to Portland for a couple of days and work on a few people and I, you know, go to California, go to New Mexico, go to wherever. That's also possible. So my, how I end every episode with this show is, do you believe in ghosts? And do you have a short story you can share? <laughs> well, this is ghost related. I was thinking about this is one of my favorite stories and I might've told you, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but so I had this great client from Trinidad on the table and she was um, very psychic. I think she had grown up in the world of voodoo or whatever. And she was telling me, all of a sudden, this is an extra session, and she starts telling me, uh, your mother is trying to come through, and she wants to tell you that you and your siblings all need to forgive her at the deepest level so that she can move to the next level, because my mother had died a couple of years before. So she really needs you all to forgive her. So I told them, my brothers and sisters that we all needed to forgive mom because my client had told me this is really important to her and they all like rolled their eyes as they usually do when I talk about my work because they don't they didn't quite get it and then um, I was at a family reunion in Whidbey, uh, Whidbey Island near me and it was my niece's wedding celebration and I was sitting with my niece, my brother, my sister-in-law, my um, former partner and the first thing out of my niece's mouth is did you hear what Sasha said? And Sasha is another one of my nieces. So Sasha is totally from the non-spiritual part of the family. Sasha was on a plane flying somewhere, and this woman beside her turned out to be a medium. And the woman turns to her and says, excuse me, I know this is none of my business, but her grandmother's trying to come through. And she says that she needs your mother and all of their siblings to forgive her so that she can move to the next level. Wow. Does that make sense? So it was like yeah. word for word, the message yeah. that came from my client, word for word. So the other world really exists just because we can't see it and science hasn't gotten around to proving it yet. 
doesn't mean that we aren't surrounded by spirits all the time, especially spirits that are trying to help us, but there are also other spirits, so it's good to have a guide. Yeah, that's my ghost story, if you will, because my mother, who had died several years earlier, was still very much present, which to anyone who knew her is no surprise. <laughs> wow. I hope <laughs> Did I tell you that story before, Nicole? I hope that you're you know, your siblings did make that possible for her to move on? I hope so, too. And okay. they certainly all got the message. And after they heard it from uh, a second being, you know, word for word, they were like, okay, we get it now. So, okay. so I hope mom got to move on. I really do. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm so excited for I guess my audience to hear just, I don't know. It's like, I feel like such a small injustice to what you do in so many ways. Cause I've worked with you one-on-one, -on -one, but you know, I hope it really, you know, sparks their interest or helps them connect with you. Cause I just feel like it's so beneficial to work with you and your energy. And I'm just so thankful that you and I have well, in our lives. <laughs> Well, I am so grateful to know you, Nicole, and I'm grateful that you're sharing this with me. I'm, I so appreciate you bringing the work forward because I think it's important at this time. And I just want to acknowledge you as a great being that you are. And thank you for all that you're doing for young women, especially in this world. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Woo Woo Report. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Nicole Baron, N-I-C-O-L-E-B-U-R-R-O-N to stay up to date on everything woo woo.